Hello and welcome to the Commander's Quarters. I'm your host, Mitch. Glad to have you here. Here at the Commander's Quarters, we're all about Commander on a budget. Today, we have an episode of Commander's Two Cents. On episodes like these, I give you my own personal take on topics about the format in general and current news. This show and episodes like this one are possible thanks to viewers like you. If you're looking for an easy way to help support this show, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. Also, hit that bell notification icon so you don't miss any new episodes. And while you're at it, subscribe and review our podcast as well. You can also go check out our playmats and other merchandise at thecommandersquarters.com. Another easy way to support this show is with our TCG Player affiliate links. So whether you're buying a deck or individual cards, you can use this general link right here or one in the description. And the final way that you can support this show is by supporting us directly by becoming a patron. There are many benefits to being a patron, and I truly couldn't do this without all their support. Hey everyone, Mitch coming in from the Commander Scores studio. Welcome to the show. So, on today's episode, I'm going to be answering the question I've seen out quite a bit in the community right now, and that's just how good exactly are the Thriving Lands? So, the Thriving Lands were a new kind of land that was um, spoiled not too long ago. It's going to be in Jumpstart. Uh, they're in the common slot, so hopefully they're going to be budget, or I, they should be budget, I would hope, uh, at least for a, a decent amount of time, hopefully for forever. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to talk about kind of similar lands that, uh, you know, budget decks might use and whether these are better or worse. And again, just my opinion. So please take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, I'm obviously not going to bring up lands that, you know, they aren't really comparable to, you know, like uh, Alpha Duels or Fetch Lands or ones that are just strictly, you know, better or more expensive, not exactly budget cards. Even Shock Lands are, you know, not really budget uh, for, for a budget player like me. But yeah, I'll try to bring up some similar lands and talk about kind of, you know, what's better and worse. So yeah, let's just jump into the Thriving Lands. There are five of them, um, and each essentially the exact same thing. But first up, there's Thriving Bluff. Um, it enters the battlefield. Tap. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you choose a color other than red, and it taps to add red. Uh, or, sorry, it taps to add red or one mana of the chosen color. Uh, so yeah, let me just go through all of them real quick. Uh, Grove adds green. Uh, Heath adds white. Isle adds blue, and more adds black. So yeah, essentially they do all the exact same thing. They can add one of two colors. One is going to be one set color. And then the other one is based on when it comes into play, what you choose. So these are pretty flexible lands, you know, in any kind of a deck that's got, you know, two or more colors, you might consider them, again, depending on your budget and everything like that. But basically, you know, at the very worst, they are the exact same thing as the first kind of land that I'm going to bring up, which is kind of like the Guildgate type land. Um, Basically, you know, ones that just enter the battlefield tapped, like Simic Guildgate, um, and they tap for green or blue. Now, obviously, if they're, you know, a Mace's End kind of deck, the gates are going to be better, or, you know, because that's kind of what the deck revolves around. Uh, but yeah, basically, they do the exact same thing at, at a base level. If you're in a two-color deck, the Thriving Lands are going to do the exact same thing. So they're not better or worse. They're basically the exact same thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, they in a three-color deck, though, obviously the Thriving Lands are going to be better because they give you that flexibility. You know, yes, it does have one set color, but you can pick the other color that you actually need in the situation that you're in uh, versus, you know, a Guildgate or, you know, those there are similar lands around the Guildgates. Uh, I don't know if those cycles have exactly names, but, um, you know, ones that are kind of stuck on two colors, this is going to be better than because it gives you that flexibility, gives you that option, you know. In a three, four, five color deck, obviously Thriving More or kind of any of the other Thriving Lands are going to be better. They give you, you know, one specific color and then a color that you need for the situation that you're in. Uh, a, a similar one is going to be like a Bloodfell Cave uh, that we compare this to. And just Battlefield tapped. Um, when it comes into play, you gain one life and that taps for two color, one of two colors. Uh, so yeah, again, basically the exact same thing as a Guild Gate, but it also has that added benefit of gaining you one life. Now, how valuable is one life in Commander? 
not all that valuable. Um, you know, again, it's essentially just a slightly better, you know, guild gate, basically. And when it comes to comparing this to the Thriving Lands, if it's in a two-color deck, obviously gaining one life is better than not. You're just going to choose the exact same color anyways. So, yeah, in a two-color deck, the gain lands are going to be better than the Thriving Lands. In anything three or above, the Thriving Lands are strictly going to be better. Not being able to gain one life versus, you know, being able to select the color that you want nine times out of ten is going to be much more valuable. So, yeah, being able to fix your mana, better. Uh, Boros, Gil uh, Boros, Gil okay. Boros Garrison is, a, is an example of a bounce land. Enters battlefield tapped. When it comes into play, you return a land back to your hand. It taps for red-white. Now, there's kind of, I'd say that the, there's kind of like a split in the community when it comes to like, you know, whether bounce lands are good or not. Um, I personally don't like them very much because, you know, they can, you know, there is, you know, that, that chance that, you know, on turn two, you know, you basically, you know, are bouncing a land back to your hand and, you know, you have to discard at the end of the turn, basically, if you don't have any other plays or, or whatnot. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but, you know, there are times where bounce lands can be great. There are times when they can kind of actually, you know, hurt you a little bit too. Um, Again, I think, you know, in a, in a two-color deck, it's going to be similar. Uh, I personally would just prefer, you know, like the Thriving Lands over them in a two-color deck because, again, there's no bouncing. Um, but, yeah, it's essentially, you know, once you get to three or more, these are just going to be strict upgrades to a, a bounce-type land. Uh, one that has gotten, or one type of land that's gotten a lot cheaper as of recent, uh, I believe with some reprints, uh, is going to be the Scrylands, like Temple of Epiphany. Um, Enters the battlefield tapped uh, when it enters you scry one and it taps for one of two colors. So, yeah, I mean, scrying when it comes into play, there it's not card advantage. It is card selection. Uh, you know, it helps, you know, get rid of any dead draws off the top of your library. It can help you set the top of your library, which is great. Um, but yeah, again, uh, it's again, it's kind of hard to evaluate the exact, um, you know, um, power level of a scry land i think it's deck dependent there are certain decks that really care about the top of the library more than others so that definitely plays a factor into it i do think that kind of the guaranteed you know you know being able to select the right color that you want for the situation that you're in with the thriving lands i think would be better than scrying personally i know that that there's definitely going to be spill on the other side of that argument and that's great uh but yeah i think that in my opinion, for any co any deck that's, you know, three or more colors, I'd prefer the Thriving Lands over the Scry Lands, and that might be heresy, and that's okay. <laughs> so, next up, we've got the Tri-Lands, um, like Seaside Citadel. Uh, it enters Battlefield tapped, and it taps four green, uh, white, or blue. So, yeah, each of them, there's, you know, ten of them. They each, you know, have the different three-color pairings, essentially. So, yeah, these, basically, you know, in, in a three-color deck, they're going to be strictly better than the Thriving Lands because, you know, you get all your colors, essentially. They're kind of like a command tower that comes into play tapped, essentially, for those decks versus, you know, the Thriving Lands. Yes, they'll get, you know, two of the colors that you need, and but that third color is still not going to get for you. So, yeah, in a three-color deck, they're going to be better. Uh, the question is going to be that in a, a four- or five-color deck, what is better? I, I would say that that's, it's pretty hard to tell. Uh, I mean, you know, chances are, you know, you've got, what, a 75% chance with a trial-in that you've got, you know, uh, the color that you want out of them, um, you know, when, you know, you start with your opening hand or putting them down or whatnot, that you've got, you know, the right color that you need for, for starting off, you know, usually that's green for ramp spells or whatnot, but, you know, there is a chance that you get the trial-ins that don't have those versus the thriving lands, you know, you can always choose, you know, the, the color that you need to start off for the situation that you're in. Um, obviously, the later the game goes, those might be better because, you know, the thriving lands, or sorry, the, these trial-ins will give you access to more colors, um, you know, and you've already got it helps with mana fixing throughout the game. Uh, but basically, yeah, I think in a four-color deck, it might be debatable. In a five-color deck, I would go, I would venture to say that the Thriving Lands might be better just because, again, 
they do help kind of fix that mana early for what you need uh, versus, you know, just hoping that you get, you know, the right color out of those three for the Trilands. Um, I don't tend to actually, when it comes to five color decks, you know, really utilize too many Trilands uh, regardless. Uh, but yeah, that, that's just me. Um, the final one to compare to that many people will have, uh, this is the one that I've seen heavily, most heavily debated between this and the Thriving Lands on what is better. And these are going to be the Vivid Lands. Uh, Vivid Creek uh, is an example. Uh, it enters the battlefield, tap with two charge counters on it. It taps for a blue, and then you tap to remove a charge counter from it and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. These start off as very budget uh, and have crept up, a couple of them have crept up in price a decent amount. Um, I can still fit them in most budget decks, uh, but yeah. Basically, this is, uh, hey, I tap for one color, or I can tap for any color two times. So this one, again, like, you know, it, both get you the, the initial color that you want, but this one can kind of perfectly fix your mana twice. Again, and also if you're in a deck that's got proliferating or being able to add more counters onto these, then that works. Uh, you know, and, and these essentially just tap for one mana of any color throughout the game. Uh, so it kind of is a deck-dependent kind of uh, thing. I'd say if I had to pick which one was better between these two, my gut says the Vivid Lands, uh, but, you know, I'm not positive on that. I don't think Wizards likes lands that come into play with counters on them. Uh, I don't think that they're uh, reprinting the Vivid Lands probably because of that. It is a little bit wonky, you know, when you're playing a game and you kind of have to put your Vivid Lands separate or whatnot because they get counters on them. So it's just a little wonky. So I think that, you know, kind of like less along that approach and more lands that are among the, you know, thriving more kind of choosing colors approach might kind of come into play. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the thriving lands are, are really are, are fantastic budget lands. Again, in three or more color decks, essentially, they're, they're I mean, heavily considered for, for budget decks. I think you should be considering them. Um, yeah, they're, they're great. I think um, all the cards on this list that I mentioned, essentially, again, like try lands, you know, in circumstances are going to be better. Um, Vivid lands are, are probably better. Again, it, that one's iffy to me. But yeah, the thriving lands, I think, are a fantastic addition. Uh, I'm glad to see, you know, Wizards print these. I hope they get reprinted in further sets because... You know, I think there's going to be a decent amount of demand for them. I think they are going to stay start budget. You know, definitely they're, they're commons. Uh, but yeah, I hope they stay budget. Uh, and yeah, I think that it's a great addition. I'm really happy to see kind of wizards again playing with different ways to kind of make, you know, not overpowered lands, um, you know, but lands that can help, you know, you know fix a, a budget mana base or help with a budget mana base and help it really work. So yeah, I think the thriving lands are, uh, it's, it's already a success when the card hasn't even come out or, you know, been played with, you know, but I think they're, uh, I think it's a really good design. So I'm very excited to see those. And to use them in some decks. So yeah, let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are. Um, what do you think about the, uh, the lands or types of lands I compared them to? Are they better or worse than those? Are there certain ones that I didn't bring up that you think I should have? Yeah. So yeah, let me know in the comments below. And as always, thanks again and have a good one. And make sure you're following us on social media for more updates and sneak peeks on future episodes. Again, a huge thank you to my patrons who helped make this show possible. I truly couldn't do any of this without your support. If you want to support this channel directly, consider becoming a patron. There are many benefits to being a patron, including being able to vote on future commanders for deck tags. There are even tiers where you get your own personalized deck tech dedicated to you. You can check out all the Patreon tiers and rewards at patreon.com slash commandersquarters. If you haven't already, make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. Here at the Commander's Quarters, we're all about budget commander. So while you're at it, go ahead and check out some of our other types of episodes. And with that, I'm out of here. Thanks again and have a good one.